and welcome to the Ashley Webster Experience alongside producer Brian Solomon. Great guest uh, this week, Chas Palminteri. You know him. He's been everywhere. He's been <laughs> on the stage. He's an actor, a screenwriter, producer, a playwright, and he just keeps going and going. Uh, Chas, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, listen, it's funny. The other day, I, I guess we should start. Let's go to the beginning. It's always a good place to begin. Uh, you're from the Bronx. Yeah. Growing up in the Bronx, how was that? Explain. It was now great. we know oh. that you wrote a play that became a movie, yeah. but just tell me in I your own words. Going, I loved growing up there. Uh, Bronx was, uh, you know, I grew up 187 in Belmont, and uh, it was a great, great upbringing. People always go, you know, because I talk about the killing that I saw when I was nine years old. They must said, oh my God, you know, mm. must have been horrible growing up there. And I go, no, I, it was paradise. <laughs> I go, no, no. I mean, uh, did it affect me when I saw that? I, I guess it did in a way, but I wrote about it, and obviously uh, it worked out pretty well. It taught you to stay in line, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I worked. I, you know, I wrote about this thing that I saw when I was nine. I was sitting on my stoop, and this guy killed a man right in front of me. And uh, many years later, I wrote about that, about it, my relationship, getting to know the wise guys, and uh, my father always said, "Don't hang out with those guys." And mm. it was an interesting story. Well, I just, funny enough, recently saw again the movie. I've seen it four or five times. Love it every time. Uh, a, a Bronx Tale, you know, in the movie, of course, Robert De Niro plays your father. The My bus, father, Lorenzo, yes. Yes, the bus driver. Yeah. And what always struck me about the movie and, and, and certainly the way you've written about your life then was the, the pull and tug and pull between trying to stay on the straight and narrow. Mm. But at the same time, you have these, as you say, wise guys there. And, and right. you know, it must be very tempting. They they have yeah. nice cars. They have nice clothing. Exactly. They always seem to have money. But the interesting thing, which made Bronx Tale different, and I always say Bronx Tale is not a gangster story. It's a family story, mm. is that Sonny, the gangster, told me, would tell me exactly the same things as my father told me. Stay out of the street. Don't do this. Don't do as I say. Go to school. Make something out of yourself. Don't hang around here. That's what made the story so unique. It was really the boy who had to get the best out of the father and the best out of Sonny and become a man. It's not about black and white, good and evil. Mm. It's about gray and gray. So, you know, listen, in the early days, you obviously you wanted to be an actor always, always or be yes. involved in, in that, that yes. kind of career. And so, like everyone else, I'm sure you struggled. I think I read somewhere that you you were a bouncer at one point. Yes. I, I was, you know, I boxed. I used to bounce. And, and then finally I was bouncing up in uh, in L.A. <clears throat> at this very fancy club in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. And I didn't let this guy in. It's a famous story. I didn't let the guy in. And the guy yelled at me. He said, you better let me in. And I, you're really nasty. And I said, no. I, so he said, uh, you're going to be fired in 15 minutes. I said, yeah, right. And 15 minutes later, I got fired, <laughs> just like he said. And it was Swifty Lazar. Swifty, uh, Swifty Lazar, who was the, the fa most powerful, famous agent in the world, and I didn't let him in to his own party. <laughs> you were a good bouncer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I got fired. Wow. And I went home, and I sat at the edge of my bed, and I said, what am I going to do with my life? Should I go back to New York? And then I saw the card, my father's card I had in my house, in my apartment, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And I said, well, if they won't give me a great part, I'll write one myself. And I started writing about this killing that I saw. Huh. 
and a Bronx Tale was born. And can you can you today look back now and, and can you believe the success you've had with that? What it's done for your career? Yeah. You know, Robert De Niro saw the play and then ultimately bought the rights to yes. your story. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I've been doing a Bronx Tale. The one-man show I started, he came to see that. Yeah. Everybody wanted it, but they wanted to put a star on the role, and I refused. And I said, no, I'm, I'm playing Sonny, and I have to write it. And he agreed to that, Bob De Niro, and uh, I ended up giving him the rights to it. And now uh, it's been 30 years. It's the first time uh, in the Guinness Book of Records. It's the first time anything's was done, any actor has written and starred in the play, the movie, the musical. Hmm. And um, Congratulations. So That's it's amazing. pretty exciting. And uh, I still do the one-man show. I mean, I know we're here to talk about the musical, and the musical is going to yeah. be great. But I still do the one-man show. I'm at the uh, Wellmont Theater in Montclair, New Jersey, tomorrow night, and which is the 20th. And uh, If anybody just goes on chasparenteri.net, they'll know my schedule. But the most important thing is the musical is a, is a big hit. Was yeah. a big hit on Broadway, and now it's on the road. But and coming from where you came from, coming from the Bronx, you're hanging around with all these wise guys, and your father was working for the city. Yeah, going into show business, what kind of that, that's a big jump, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't know anybody, but my mother and father always said, if that's what you want to do, then that's what you do. They mm-hmm. said, if you got a dream, then you do it. Be dream mm-hmm. big. So I was blessed with parents that really encouraged me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and, and and you know what's amazing to me, Chaz, is when you're doing the uh, the play, you're playing what eighteen roles, eighteen characters, yeah. eighteen characters. Right. I, I have hard time remembering a paragraph. How do you do? You have to continue, <laughs> even though you wrote it and you conceptualize yeah. it. You still have to. You still got to work on you it. Got to practice. Rehearse. Yeah, I got to practice a little bit. When I know I'm doing it, three or four days in advance, I start oh. rehearsing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I go on the treadmill. And I, yeah. As I'm on the treadmill, I go over it. You know. But which one's harder to to create, the one-man play, the musical, or the movie? Well, the one-man show is the original, yeah. right? but each one holds up on its own. The movie is cinematic. That holds up on its own. Mm-hmm. And the musical is just phenomenal because Alan Menken, mm-hmm. eight-time Academy Award mm-hmm. winner, wrote the music. Uh, Glenn Slater, three-time Tony nominee, the music, uh, the uh, lyrics... Sergio Trillo, who did the, the choreographing, the dancing, the Tony winner. So, I mean, wow. Bob De Niro uh, and Jerry Sachs uh, co-directed it. You can't. We had a dream team. and uh, mm-hmm. To see the musical is really amazing, too. I mean, it's pretty amazing. And for your career, after after A Bronx Tale, then I, I, the next big one was Bullets Over Broadway, right? Which was a Woody Allen Director yeah. film, you played Cheech. Cheech, I Cheech, and I got you got an Academy Award nomination yes. for best supporting actor. Yes, that was pretty amazing. That is very amazing. Yeah, and let's not forget Usual Suspects. Yeah. Wow, a classic movie. Yeah, in no, its I've own been right. really fortunate. I've been in a handful, half a dozen of really classic movies. Yeah, I've been I've been in fifty eight movies, but I've been in some classics. So. But, you, you know, people, when they listen to this, they love to, to find out stuff behind the curtain. Mm. So let's begin. Robert De Niro, what's mm. he like? Bob's a great guy, man. Great artist, great guy, and great director. Intense? Um, He's pretty intense. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, do you do a scene with him and he says, oh, that was crap, let's go back and do that again? No, he doesn't say that. He just said, let's do it again. And again, <laughs> and again, and again. 
and you do it as much as you can. Now, Bob is a great artist, a great man, and um, I have much, much, much respect for him. Was there challenges direct when he when you came out with the movie since that was his first movie that he directed? Yeah. What kind? Oh, challenges? Yeah, no, I don't kind? think there was any challenges. I was very uh, excited to do it with him. Did he allow to keep the original script in as much as possible for the movie it. version? That's he allowed terrific. He protected me as the writer. Uh, no one else touched it but me. So, uh, no, he he believed in it. He believed, When he saw the one-man show, he knew it was there. And, he, you know, he was very smart. He didn't want to change it. He just said, mm-hmm. let's just tell the story. Well, you know, what, what, I, what I see with a lot of movies like that is that the casting, though, obviously you, that's your life, you know, yeah. but so many of the other people in that movie are from New York. They're right. from P- Brooklyn, Queens, downtown Manhattan. So it's people who are familiar with the way New York is. Yeah, I, me, Bob, and Joe Pesci are the only actors in the movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is Everybody from else New York. is a regular street guy. And yeah. talking of Joe Pesci, who plays so well the unhinged extremely volatile gangster that makes him so menacing yeah. he may be small in stature but my god he scares the hell out of you well he's he might be small in stature but he's an incredible actor and he's very he big in weight he has a lot of weight like when he's acting it's, mm-hmm. it's he's grounded in in, in oh. realism and weight yeah. that's important you know i i heard the other day with goodfellas and in mm. like in The Godfather, there's so many guys around that mm. movie who were either, you know, really were gangsters or, yeah. you know, wanted, that were around it, that were wanted to get involved so badly. And, that, you know, they all said, oh, no, forget about it. Some guys got in. I mean, we had um, from The Godfather. Gianni had, Russo. Yeah, Gianni Russo, who yeah. was involved. And yeah. he had a situation like that. For you, when you were making the movie, did you have people from back home saying, hey, let me get involved? They were in the movie. But hey, how so? How, how did they do that? <laughs> Well, they said, can we audition? I said, yeah. Some of them were able to do it and read really good. Some of them couldn't do it. So the ones that Bob liked, that we both looked at them, we said, look, he could do it. We put him in the movie. Yeah. I'm still interested in the, these personalities and great names uh, behind the scenes. Woody Allen, what was he like to work with? It was great. I mean, you Woody's, got the Academy Award nomination. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, Just I mean, really, as a director. Really smart. Really smart. Really knows comedy really well and uh, a great writer, a very prolific writer, and uh, really a great artist. He mm. truly is a great artist. And he really gets New York, of course. I mean, and he it's gets in his New blood. York. And he allows people to do their thing. He allowed me to say, uh, he said, you know, uh, do your thing, Chaz, improv, you know, if you want to. Do you worry about typecasting? You're a guy that comes from a no. tough neighborhood. No. You're in with the, the gangsters kind of story. No, I don't worry about that. No, nope. you embrace no. that. I embrace it. I say if it's a part that uh, is three dimensional and and says something mm-hmm. differently, yeah, yeah, then I don't worry about it. If, if it's a, if it's a, just a, a part that I've played before and it's a goomba idiot, then no, I won't do it. <laughs> After Bronx Tale, I didn't want to play gangster right away, but then when I got offered uh, Bullets Over Broadway, and here was a gangster who was a genius playwright. I mean, that was like, mm-hmm. come on. How did the usual suspects, there's a story going around on usual suspects, is that yeah. they were trying to get the financing for it. Yeah. It wasn't a big budget movie by any means. Four million. Four million. But in order to s- seal the deal with the people who were financing, they wanted you. And other people read for the role, Pacino did and De Niro, and they said they wanted you, but you were never available 
at the right time for them. Mm. And then eventually you said, I'm free, but I'm only good for a week. That's correct. And they said, great. And the money came in and the movie got made. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how I heard that story. I don't know how, you know, I can't, uh, just, I can't make it, you know, say that's what happened. I, I did hear that story, and I've heard that from people on the set. But if, you know, great. But I was only available for a week. So what they did was we started the movie with me and Kevin Spacey, mm-hmm. and we sh- they put us in a room for seven days straight, and we shot all the scenes. Oh. And then they started the movie right after that. What was that wow. like? I mean, Kevin Spacey, I mean, certainly he's had problems in his personal life, but yes. as an actor, he's done so many incredible Kevin is one of the great incredible actors. roles. Kevin is one of the great actors. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was he's a dear friend of mine, and and he uh, he uh, was great in the movie. Yeah. And he's truly a great actor. Were you surprised at how popular that movie became? It really has become, a, and still is, a, a cult yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I mean, when I read the script, I was like, wow, this is different. What is this? You know, you know what's so funny? People come over to me and they say, did you know that Kevin, uh, who Kaiser Sose was when you read it? I said, I was in the movie and I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you don't know who's telling the truth, who's right. lying. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the, well, look, the script won the Academy Award. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Christopher McGuire, uh, McGuire, I mean, the script is like brilliant. It is. I mean... What do you write after that? I, yeah. don't, I don't know. You know, when you're when you're producing mm. the movie, when you're reading the scripts, I've never been in a play. I've never been in a movie. Never been in a play. Can mm. you get the sense though when you're reading a script, saying this is a hit or saying this is really good? But I don't know is if this a hit? hit? No, no one could tell you if it's a hit or not. You could read it. I could read it because mm-hmm. I, I, I do rewrites on things, and I, I, I'm blessed with this thing where I could read it and know what's wrong with it or how to fix mm-hmm. it. But when I read that. I was like, wow, this is really different. Mm. And people asked me, did you know it was hit? Of course not, no. But I knew it was different. And I said, well, if if the the director could get this down, who knows? You know, you you don't know. No one ever knows. Mm. You could, like, you know if a script is, like I read some great scripts where I read and went, wow, gee. I remember when I read Shawshank Redemption. Oh, when, yeah. Because I wanted to be in that movie. Really? Because originally Red was not black. Oh. He was white. So huh. I read that. I wanted to play really? that part. What a great movie. What a great... Oh. And, and, yeah. And Everything. Look back at it. I mean, who else but Morgan Freeman could have done that? Uh. So they made the right choice. But when I read the script, I was like, wow. When I read uh, Saving Private Ryan, yeah. mm-hmm. I went, whoa. Yeah. This is a great script. So the, uh, when I read Braveheart, you just read it and go, "That's stirring." Stuff. To me, it was stirring. Now, can you guarantee it's going to be a hit from reading it? No, no, but I knew when I read it, I was moved. Mm-hmm. That you know. Do you still write? Yeah, very much. I'm writing now. Yeah. What are you writing now? Just just give us. I could tell you briefly. I'm writing a play now. It's a a play for Broadway. We'll see. Mm. You just all. and where do the ideas come from? Yeah, you, you don't have to yeah. give it away. But where do the ideas? You just walking down the street. You see something. Something uh, for, sparks. Well, an idea something. happens. It, it has to happen over years. Well, I'm thinking about it a year or two, and then yeah. I go, "All right, I, I have it in my head. This has to come out now." And is it something that's happened to you again, not like a Bronx no, Tale? No, it's something that I want to talk about. Hmm. I want to write a play. Uh, right now, I'm writing a, a play about veterans. When I see twenty-two veterans. A day commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
how is that? How is that possible? I've been to Walter Reed Hospital. Oh. I've been there, and I and I say, what would what was the first thing you thought about after I, I saw this one guy he had no legs and one arm. God forbid. And I said, what did you want to do? And he said, I, I want to go back to my men. Ugh. Yeah. How do they say that? Bad. And they mean that. Yeah. It's not. This is not. You know, bragging. That they, they mean that. Yeah. They want to go back in. They want to go back to war. It's remarkable. How could that be possible? I don't know. Uh, so I, I think, and how could we not help these people? Yeah. It should be number one priority. Mm-hmm. Number one. You give your life, your country, and we're giving you, and and the government's giving you a hard time about collecting something. Oh. Are you <laughs> yeah. kidding? Yeah. That's why the Fisher House, who I. I try to do some things for mm-hmm. the Fisher House. They give veterans homes. Homes. You you got a home. It's terrific. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. How could we not give them anything they want? You were, we weren't there. I wasn't there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they did this for us. Yeah. And we're giving veterans, you know, a hard time about uh, sometimes about collecting money or the, or the, the first responders. Is there a problem here? Mm-hmm. They're all dying from yeah. 9-11, and we're giving them a hard time? Oh, no, no, no. And they can't see a decent doctor. The VA, do- I mean, well, the healthcare system with VA is and still broken. John Stewart has been terrific in yes. getting behind that. Do you get? Do you ever get into political stuff at all, Chaz? Or yeah, do you... I don't talk about my political beliefs right? because, uh, uh, you know, I, I believe that's private for me. But yeah. everyone knows how I feel about uh, policemen, mm-hmm. about law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the NYPD state troopers, I'm out there all the time. I'm doing a f- oh, oh my god! I'm doing a show, uh, doing something for Blue Lives Matter. Uh, Joe and Paratrice. yeah, mm, with Joe and Paratrice. Yeah, that's yeah. right, with Joe. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that, and I, I I'm behind my police, my law yeah. enforcement. I mean, people throwing water on them. And oh, they, no, it's it's don't get me started. Could we stop? That. Don't get me throwing started. milk on them. Oh, my I God. I mean, I always tell people, oh, really? Yeah. If you got something against the cops, when someone's breaking into your home and you dial 911, who's coming? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the guy who's throwing milk at you. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> it's a thankless job. People don't appreciate what mm, you have to go through. It's a thankless job. You put your, li- your life on the line. You're not getting rich. Right. You're trying to serve your community. And Look, yet they're, they're, you know, I mean... Uh, absolutely get, right. I mean, uh, uh, the police, you want to do... You want to... You know, not in my not in my book. You, nobody's, nobody's, like, criticizing the police in front of me. Mm. That's out. That's out. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm behind the police all the time. Look, did a few times, was there a bad apple? Sure. And, you know, you know people don't realize, you know who hates a bad cop the most? Good cops. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Good cops. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Is there a bad apple once in a while, and they make them, and they do something that's wrong? Absolutely. And should he go to jail? Absolutely. Mm. But you can't criticize all the great men and women in our police force. Well, we just commemorated. I say commemorate. We just just had the nine eleven. Um, I can't believe it's been eighteen years. Eighteen years. Eighteen yeah. years. Were you in the city that day, Chaz? No, I was in L.A. You were in L.A. Right. But you must have seen it, like everyone else said. What the hell's going what on? What the hell in is my, going on in here? New York? And there's still political correctness. Yes. Okay. Uh, that congresswoman. Some people did something. Yeah. No, I'll tell don't, you what they did. Don't even. I'll <laughs> tell you what they did. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, excuse me. Some people did something. Yeah. You know the lives that were lost, not only the 3,000 lives, excuse me, 
But what about all the men and fathers and sons and daughters and children that are still suffering? Mm -hmm. You know, someone said the other day, oh, they're playing all this stuff again. We need to get over this. And I said, no, No. you need Mm -hmm. to watch it every time. Do you know? Never forget. Never forget. Do you know uh, this gentleman who just was messing up the American Airlines yes, plane? Yes, the mechanic, mm-hmm. yes. The mechanic? Excuse me, you were doing that for overtime? Yes. No, you weren't. Yeah. No, now no. it's coming out now that his brother was in ISIS yes. and that he yeah. w- had these videos. S- let's stop with this political correctness. Mm-hmm. Could we stop with this, please? Oh, you can't say things now. Well, you know what? That Even if it was for... Okay, let's say even if it was for overtime... Excuse me? What about the plane went down? <laughs> yes. That's attempted murder. Yes. Yes. It's Got attempted well, and murder. It, and it's very frightening to think of this is just one case. Mm-hmm. That's no, one case. One case. Yeah. But who knows? Well, you know, the, the saddest thing is that it seems like right now that supporting law enforcement is a political side. Right? No, if you're, you're, oh, you're racist. That's my political no, that's, yeah, that's my political view that How I'm supporting, that, that should just be a standard, right? Sure, I support right. education. I support, you know, freedom of speech. I support law mm-hmm. enforcement. That's now it's a political issue if you support it. Wow. That, well, I'm I'm sorry, if that's an issue for other people. Like I said, I am not just a, saying I am blue not a lives Republican. matter. I am not a Democrat. Yeah. I am in, I'm an independent. Um, for common sense. Yes. And all I ask, I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I didn't vote for either one of them. Okay. All I am. And all I like to say is, hey, could we use common sense? That's all I'm asking. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking. And you know, you know, you guys say about not forgetting 9-11. Mm. The scary thing, too, I think that if we stop playing these videos, if we stop talking about it, it could easily become something like Pearl Harbor Day. Because today, Pearl Harbor Day, people are like, oh, look, oh, it's Pearl Harbor Day. It's, it's was it, December 7th? See, like, I don't mean, I can't remember the date off the top of my head. Mm. December 7th, yep. right? And... If we stop showing the video, talking about it every nine, every every September eleventh, right? It's going to be an, an it's going to become an afterthought. No, you. Have it should to. be the biggest day every year. That's why you have to talk about it, and you have you have to talk about the Holocaust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yes, can't, you can you can't forget that mm-hmm. because years from now, let me tell you something: all the Holocaust people, are, gonna be the dead. children are going to be dead. Yes. Yeah. So you know what they say: the classic, you know, line. I don't want to get like just ridiculous mm. here. But it's so classic is you went, those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. That's exactly right. And there's mm-hmm. a reason why they say that line. I mean, mm-hmm. we can't forget that. Yeah. You, you must. You must have law and order in the streets. You have to. You cannot be throwing water on policemen, milk on it's, policemen. It's mm-hmm. horrible. These are the people that get it. Listen, I've been to, I've done more things. I've tried to do as much as I can for the police, policemen's widows. You want to see what that's like? You want to see a family no. without their father? Mm-hmm. You and cannot also, do that. We've also seen a string of suicides among police officers. Yeah. Many suicides among police Especially officers. Especially in New York. Yeah. Especially in New York. It's and a- I'm trying to help that. Well, Joe, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Patrice, yeah. Joe and Pat- uh, Patrice mm-hmm. has guy. done so much. He has. He's great. Single-handedly, this mm-hmm. guy has done so much yeah. and tried to get more people involved here. And uh, I stand behind him, and I'm backing him, mm-hmm. because we cannot forget uh, our first responders. We cannot. We cannot forget 9/11. No. You know what bothered me about? Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> no. I go to, I'm right there with you. I go to. I went to the uh, the memorial. You know, yeah. the memorial downtown. Memorial downtown. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm walking through it, and they mm-hmm. took me for a special tour, and I was very happy for them. Yeah. And then at the very end, I see this little room at the end, and I go, what's that? I, and I see the photos yeah. of the 18 hijackers. Yeah. Yep. And I said, excuse me. I said to the young lady, why is that here? Why is that soiling up all of these people yeah. here? She goes, well, political correctness, we had to put... Why? Why? I, what? It's, it's I absolutely need to know ridiculous. Their, I need to yeah. know their names. <laughs> I need to have a photo of I never want to them. see their face yeah. again. I need uh-uh. to see their faces? That should be down kidding? in Guantanamo Bay. That should be gone. <laughs> that's actually a very painful thing to yeah. do. That I, should I be, that's painful to me. They have a whole part of showing how the ISIS, I mean, uh, Al-Qaeda was started. No, and it's no, like, no, come no, on. No. Look, I don't, I don't want to know a memorial that. Of the is, that, is, that a, is that a bad thing to any Muslim? Of course not. I, I, I'm dear close to my, uh, friends of mine. Mm. Very close to them. And they're the first ones to tell you. Yeah, that's not. I want them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want. I've been. Listen to me. I've been to Saudi Arabia. Mm. I've been to eight cities in Saudi Arabia. I've been to Bahrain. I've been mm. to Dubai. I have dear friends who are Muslims, and the first thing they tell me, "Oh my God, I, we hate them who do this." Yeah. Okay, yes. they're the first ones to tell you that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very much. I'm very much that. Hey, man, if you're an Italian American and you commit a terrorist act and you do wrong. Go to jail for the rest of your life. Right, right. Okay, go to yeah. jail for the rest of your life. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. All right, let's take a deep breath because, believe me, I could really go on about. Hey, this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm no, no. I'm supposed to talk oh, yeah. about my music. No, nah, well, let's let's and come. You got me on a rant here. <laughs> let's let's come back to that, uh, Chaz. Tell us yeah. again about the musical. Um, it's it's. You know what I love about the musical is the, yeah. is the message that it gives. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And that's why I tell these people, they bring their kids, they bring 11, 12-year-old boy, young boys and girls, and they see it and they understand it. They understand what, that every decision they make means it has consequences for the rest of their life. Absolutely. And that's what I love about mm-hmm. A Bronx Tale, the musical especially. Do Be- you sing and dance in this? Oh, no, no, no. I was in the musical. Yeah. But I'm not in the musical now. I'm I'm just doing the one man show now. Mm-hmm. Nick Cordero, who was brilliant, who played Sonny in the yeah. musical, was wonderful. Actually, uh, we have an incredible cast of uh, uh, new people uh, in the in the new show. Yeah. So uh, I mean, look, it's 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 a show that I, I guarantee it. It's a show you will never forget. Alfred Hitchcock used to say, "There's only three things you can do to an audience, and if you do two out of three, you have a you have a hit." Well, in Bronx Tale, we do all three. He says you can make them laugh, you can make them cry, or you could scare them. That's it. That's all you could do to an audience. Hitchcock scared a lot of people. Hitchcock scared a lot of people. It makes people laugh. In Bronx Tale, Tale, we do all three. So I tell people, if you have a chance, go see A Bronx Tale, the musical. It's an incredible, incredible show. Can I I ask you, why did you choose to play Sonny and not your father? Because... I didn't want to play my dad. I just didn't mm. feel right playing my father. Uh, and I knew Sonny was the more flashier role. And I knew that's what I wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, I get that. And I did that. Yeah, yeah. People <laughs> it, always say that to me. Why did you know? People always yeah. ask me that. Well, huh? and also, I, I, I always thought, you know, the whole thing with the Yankees, right? Yeah. Did you stop becoming a Yankees fan no, after that? No. So you still, they're still close to your heart. 
Oh, I'm diehard Yankee fan. So he didn't. So Sonny didn't make you stop watching and caring. No, but I did. I cried, but then I didn't cry for. I didn't cry like for weeks. Yeah. Right. But then I would think, go wait a minute. He's not paying my rent. What is, what is it? <laughs> That's oh, right. forget it. Yeah. <laughs> but but I I'm still such a diehard Yankee fan yeah. that I, I I it upsets me very dearly when they lose. <laughs> That's why I'm. Hey, they haven't too much this be, year. I was going to say that. No, looking they really too much, good. We got to. We have to go all the way now. Yes, it's we you, the Astros, the, the Dodgers, yeah. maybe the Braves. Well, they, this is the crazy course. thing about the Yankees. They have so much talent that pretty much every single one of their starters on the mound, on the field, yeah. have missed significant time, yeah. and they're still... Well, that's... Uh, uh, listen, uh, you know, uh, Brian Cashman, mm. Aaron Boone, oh, yeah. they deserve all the credit. I mean, yeah. they, they did an guys. amazing, amazing job. You know, all the, you know, the, the, the Steinbrenner family. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, just uh, an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to give the, the back office, the president, the, the vice presidents, all of them. So t- as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, Randy Levine, the president, mm. you got to give them all credit for what they did. Uh, it's a great organization. What are they, worth $5 billion now? Something like that, Something yeah. like that. Bought it for $10 million, Yeah, so, it's a pretty good investment. Uh, <laughs> you got to give them all credit for they made that incredible into a... You, yeah. you still live in New York now, obviously? I live in New York. I live in Westchester. Yeah. yeah. I'm from yeah. Westchester. You're from ah. Westchester? Yeah, Scarsdale. Oh, Scarsdale. Okay. Yeah. So, ah. But I come down here a lot. I have my restaurant, uh, Chaz Palmetteri's, a restaurant, uh, Italian restaurant, 30 West 46th Street. One of the best you, Italian restaurants. You cook in there or no? <laughs> no, no, I don't cook. I, they have great... We have... I mean, You're I You're the taster. I'm a taster, man. <laughs> if you want great Italian food, you come there, and you'll see me. I'm there usually a lot. I'm there a lot on Wednesday so nights. So it's on what, 46? And 46. And between 5th and 6th, 30 West 46. It's just around the corner from here. It's around here. the corner from oh, here. What's the best? What's the best dish? It, everything. Me, everything. <laughs> okay. We get the fish every day. Yeah. We make our own pasta. And I say one of the best because there's a lot of great Italian restaurants mm-hmm. in the city. But this is truly one of the best. And you get a chance to see me. <laughs> that's worth the price of admission right there. Yeah, Chaz, Chaz Palmolteri, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Um, you're st- still working. You're still you're going to be doing your one-man show. Well, and- one-man show, you go to chazpalmolteri.net, and it gives you my whole schedule. Chaz, thanks so much for being here. It's been thank you. terrific. Thank and you. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. We'll see you back here next time.